At Freedom Mortgage, freedom means helping veterans use their homes for better living. Whether that be through refinancing your mortgage, accessing cash through your home's equity, or helping you purchase a new home, making home financing a custom fit. That's freedom. Visit freedommortgage.com forward slash VA to learn more. Freedom Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 2767, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org, 951 Yamato Road, Boca Raton, Florida, 33431, 800-220-3333, licensed in all 50 states. For complete licensing information, visit www.freedommortgage.com forward slash state dash licensing. Equal housing opportunity. Hello and welcome to the GC Sunscast. It is our first episode of 2019. Actually, it's probably our second or third. We've had a couple of attempts at this and hopefully this is the one that reaches your ears because the quality in the last few hasn't been up to scratch. Anyway, this is the GC Sunscast, a Golco Suns fan show. You're joining me, your host Shane, live and... On the other end of the line is Tom. Say good day, Tom. Hey, hey down, Shane. Not too bad. All right, well, thanks for joining me yeah. again. We've had a couple of issues in the last few weeks, um, a couple of technical problems and then microphones breaking, but we're back. <laughs> we are back, and I think just in time because the, the certainly the news cycle is, is hotting up and... Every day we're reading a couple of stories about the team, so good to have a chat about it. Yeah, it is. Um, we've already had a couple of chats about this, but we'll condense it down and try to have a, a decent episode to give out to those who haven't had a chance to listen yet. So what we're going to talk about tonight is the club culture around the club, the pre-season training, the under-19 squad, the final list spot, which is a segment called Tom's Tate. So Tom will get to have a little bit of a rant there. The captaincy decisions for the club, and we've got a listener question to go over as well. So before we jump into all that, we've got some news. Just got a cool little sound effect here I'll play. Yes, that's... um bit of thunder and lightning so we've got some injuries at the moment Sam Day and George Hall and Smith are both on a full return after shoulder shoulder surgery and by now I would say they're back to at least full competitive drills uh, when we first did this information it was at the start of the month so it's been about two or three weeks since they've been back at full training and I haven't heard any other news saying they haven't so that's got to be good news. Sam Day, of course, suffered that horrific shoulder injury last year. And George Holland-Smith went in for surgery as well but when he came to the club. So we also have Nick Holman, who suffered from some back soreness prior to Christmas. And from my understanding, that's still giving him a bit of grief. Uh, so they're just sort of monitoring him and putting him on some light drills. And the other big issue is Jack Leslie, who had knee surgery uh, during the break. Uh, however, is back running, but probably a, a few weeks at least before returning to some contact drills or some more agility testing. 
any issues there, Tom? You think those injuries uh, were progressing nicely? Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think there's anything to worry about with with Day and and GHS. I think um, they're they're on schedule. Uh, you, you have to be a bit worried about Nick Holman um, because he's he's that kind of player who you know really goes in harder than most. And so if he's uh, got ongoing back issues, you know, I, I really hope he gets it sorted out. But it's not good news. Less than two months from the beginning of the season. Um, and Jack Leslie, well, we've got to remember he, he only had that knee injury in the very last game of the year. So I, I would I would be surprised if he was risked early. I think they'd probably want to err on the side of caution and probably bring him, bring him back through the knee fall. Yeah, Nick Holman is probably one of those that are going to be pushing for a selection in our best 22 come round one, especially with all the new faces and new talent around the club. Um, it, it'll be really dependent on whether how he overcomes this back soreness to determine whether he's in our side for round one. That's uh, right. I mean, he, he's, he's sort of part of that crucial balance, isn't he, where, you know, we could name 22 young guns and get flogged by 100 points, or we can we can get that balance right, which we couldn't quite get last year because of injuries. So yeah, I mean it's good that there's there's, there's only such a short injury list. That's that's good news. But yeah, I don't like to see it anything at this stage of the year. Yeah, he was one of those that um, constantly kept trying. You knew what you were going to get last year with Nick Holman. It was a, a nice relief watching the boys play. Uh, watching him play in particular, especially in last quarters when some of the boys fell away. Uh, but speaking of last quarters and falling away, hopefully that's not going to happen this year. We've gone over the pre-season training so far, and high-performance manager Alex Rigby, who was recently promoted to the position, uh, has been really pushing our boys. They're doing 50% more kilometres and workload than what they were this time last year. And that's all evidenced in the New Zealand trip that they took uh, for, for their pre-season camp. You know, that they, they were constantly being pushed and constantly being told, you know, this is the last one, and then being told to run another couple of Ks. Uh, it, it's just things like that where they were really challenged mentally and physically. What do you, what's your take on that, Tom? Yeah, I mean, this, this New Zealand camp was the, the best thing that we've ever done as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, other teams come to the Gold Coast for their preseason, <laughs> but um, no, the just everything about that trip, just just um, the, the 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 culture building, the team building, um, the the leaders really stepped up. They, you know, they they had to do things where they had to be there for each other, and that was something that Stuart Dew kept alluding to last year was that there there, there wasn't a lot of care shown for each other and. You sort of wonder what he's talking about when he's in the post game, but then seeing seeing the a few of the a few of the videos from from New Zealand, you could you could see what what he's trying to do there. Yeah, and the the blokes that we've brought in, Homsch, Miles, George Hall, and Smith, they've all been quoted as saying this is the hardest or one of the hardest preseasons they've ever done, and they've all come from really respectful clubs, so. For them to say that is a really, it's really condoning that we're we're going the right path this preseason and we're really pushing the boys, um, yeah. And that's not just mentally, obviously, physically as well, but 
they're, they're really standing out together, really helping each other. I mean, there was the uh, the Ben King situation with the ATAR score in New mm. Zealand as well, and the boys really got around him. That was really impressive to see, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and you can just see that, that, that he really needed to get out of the shadow of his twin, and because I mean, he, his brother got a better ATAR score, which you know, it, like it was top five percent. But but you know, his brother always tends to just beat him out. Gets picked a couple of picks earlier in the draft, and you know, he's the one who is a little bit better at playing full forward. So Ben has to play down back. You know, the greatest thing for him would be to, to get away from from always always being second best, and he and, and he can be himself. Um, I, I, I really I really think that. That he's he's taken a bit of a, a, a step forward, and you know he's he's kind of regarded as the, uh, the 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 biggest flight risk. And I don't think I think all bets are off. You know the the the, the players, the the new recruits have all all come out and said how much they love the new the, the, the new team, and and um, there just seems to be a real the the, the whole the, the whole playing group has just turned over a new leaf and gone rightio, past the past, done is done. If you're new, this is the new standards. If you've been here for a year or eight years or whatever, you've got to you've got to put in. You know, I, I read that um, Michael Richardelli's one of the one of the hardest working trainers. You know, <laughs> the guy's in his last year. He's been re-rookied, and he might not play a single AFL game, but he's trying his heart out to make the most of his last chance. So, from top yeah. to bottom, you know, they're really they're really putting a lot in. Yeah, well, that's another article that actually came out recently, obviously after we first tried recording this episode. But who was impressing at training? And Riscatelli was one that stood out. But also Ben King, as we were just talking about, you know, he's been under the shadow of his brother. So it sounds like it's really good for him to be up here out of the limelight, just focusing on his footy. And it sounds like we're actually going to see him play regular football this year. Yeah, well, I mean, they're, they're sort of saying that Rankin's probably the one who's closest to a round one debut, but um, Ben King's been been playing in the in the um, simulations down back. They're really impressed with his closing speed, and you know he's competing against grown men and 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 kicking their butts. So they you know that that's great to have that depth down down back there, which we've we've just never had. Um, we've had some reasonably good tall defenders. That's you know we've, we've lost one of them, so we've replaced that one that we've lost with with three blokes who can all step three four blokes who can all step into that 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 position. So it's just just fantastic. Yeah, you you must be done with that box of tissues by now. Stephen May's long gone. <laughs> so you, yeah. you're all right, mate. <laughs> you over that one? You got a new favourite player? Uh, uh, yeah. Oh, Rankin. Rankin was always the one who was going to going to replace him. Um, the uh, you know a lot of people were, were were saying Rankin would be the biggest flight risk, but totally worth it. He's just he's the best player who come along in the draft in, in a long time, and 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 we've got him. And not only have we got him, we've got two other really really talented blokes. So no, I, I don't miss Maisie at all. You know. It, we're, in, in years to come, we'll, we'll look back at the early years of, of the club and you know look at what went right, what went wrong, and you know the, the Ablett years and all that kind of thing. But yeah, done's done. Good luck to him, though. Uh, I saw that he's he's, uh, he's 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 one of the favourites to be picked in the AFLX. 
I hope no Suns players get picked in AFLX, but you know, we could just see a few few opposition players get injured in in a meaningless <laughs> competition. <laughs> yeah, that that's the uh, probably the one thing that we'd be hoping for. No injuries throughout the preseason. But before we're done with the yeah. preseason training, we need to touch on the two K time trial. Uh, Schoenfeld was first. So, again, he's highlighting his tank and why he was picked to be an AFL footballer for the Gold Coast Suns. Uh, second place was Tuke Miller, so strong performance there from a potential captain. Mm. Uh, Jordan Murdoch mm. as well is showing his new club just what he can do in third place. Yeah, he's normally... Powell, he's Powell a speedster, so he's showing... Fifth. Yeah, which is great because they're second-year players, you know. Um, Murdoch, Murdoch's super fast over, you know, 40, 50 metres. So being 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 able to come third in the 2K, that shows he's sort of you know, got a few more gears. So I'm pretty happy about that one. But um, but pretty much pretty much all the players are posting PB times and they've all run, you know, so much more. They've all clocked so many more kilometres than ever before. So yeah, well, who Ballard are a few of the other guys who... Ballard and Heron were singled out as well in that article. So they're obviously doing something right as well. Yeah. Ballard was a, a cult favourite last year at the club, and hopefully we see more of him this year, despite the new additions. Well, Heron was another guy who who, who actually played quite a few games in the end. So, you know, they 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 some they see something in him. I've seen I've seen you know certain at certain stages. I've seen glimpses of what he can be when he when he fills out a bit more and. Um, and certainly, we're seeing you know footage of players who were previously bean poles, and they're they're coming back a lot bigger and not in a bad way. Yeah, um, you got a bit of groaning going on there, Tom. Everything all right at your place? Yeah, um, I, I've, I've Junior's here, and she's complaining that she hasn't had her dessert. But <laughs> the uh, the show show shows that our. Uh, uh, my new microphone's working pretty well <laughs> if it can pick up that from two or three feet away <laughs> oh well at least she's listening to what you're saying so we've got no, someone no. listening live at the moment but yeah, yeah. unfortunately oh, no 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 one in the chat it's your daughter <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah well oh well we haven't let anyone know about it have we so uh in the future once we iron out the sound problems we can we can let everyone know when to when to tune in but this will be available on all of those platforms yeah the to only, listen pe- in later the only on people as per usual. we've notified about this is our patreons um so those people that have donated to the gc Sunscast, we thank you very much and we're just trying to give back where we can this is one thing that we can do at the moment while we're trying to sort out some audio issues but let's move on now to the club culture um, it's it's just a really good vibe this year. I don't know. It, it feels different to other years. Um, it's the new recruits that we've had come in, the new draftees, the, their want and their desire to make the club their own. Yeah, I totally agree. And, I, I mean, last year I think we started to see it with, with depth, but we had so many injuries that, that, you know, depth went out the window. But, I, you know, like... It, I, I look at the first 22 and then I look at the, the next 22 and I'm excited about the next 22, you know, like they're, they're, they're going to win a lot of games at NEFL level. And that's what sort of you, you, you start to see when clubs achieve that depth. Richmond's one of them. 
Richmond was 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 thirteenth on the ladder and they won the flag the next year. I'm not saying we're going to go from seventeenth to first, but we're starting to get that depth. Unfortunately, and I don't mean to put a damper on the, you know, the good vibes, but the one thing we've never ever achieved in eight seasons is having that depth with experience. Now, at the moment, we've got depth and potential. But, you know, we, we just get another season of games into the team and, you know, see how they go. Maybe they maybe they can climb out of the bottom six, which is, you know, sort of, I think that's probably a, a pretty good goal to, to do. You know, if they can scrape into the finals, fantastic. But, you know, baby steps. Yeah, that would be a really good result. And it's not unheard of. I mean, we've seen clubs like Richmond and Collingwood go from 13th on the ladder looking pretty hopeless to playing finals, and not just finals, deep into finals as well. But yeah. um, the, the culture and what the boys are trying to bring to the club is really spirited and is flowing on to the fans from my point of view. You've got yeah. Benny Ainsworth, who's welcoming all the boys, the new boys, uh, Rankin and Lukosius, uh King. McLennan, um, someone's escaping my name. He's a Suns Academy player. Is it Graham? Oh, yeah, yeah. Graham, Caleb Graham. Yep, um, yep. Yeah, you know, they're all being welcomed in at the club. They're Weller and Miller and um, uh, names escaping me at the moment. But Swallow, they're, they're all getting involved. They're inviting these boys over for dinner. They're, they're having catch-ups with them. Just trying to keep them all involved at the club. Uh, King, Lukosius and Rankin, they st- stayed at Mark Evans' house when they first came up. I yeah. have been made aware recently that Rankin has moved in with Sean Lemons. I'm not sure about the other two's living arrangements, but yeah. they're, they're all getting involved and getting around each other at the club. So it's a really positive sign. Well, for, for Rankin especially, he's a young Indigenous bloke, and we know it's documented not just at the Suns, but you know, in the early years at the Suns, but at every club... The, the young Indigenous players can, can often just feel really left out and it affects their footy and their development. Um, Lemons is, is a few years older, also an Indigenous kid, also from South Australia. And that's where I keep harping on it. You know, we, we've got as many South Australians as we do Queenslanders in the, in the list and we've got plenty of both. And it, it does make a difference when it comes down to it. Um, and 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 it's part of the culture that's being built. And there's a few South Australians in the coaching staff, and 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 in, in the clubhouse as well. So, uh, as well as Queenslanders. So so you know we've we've got we've got that, and it's good to see. Um, I think some players need to need to be sort of mentored for longer. And Rankin's one of those guys who said, "Radio, thanks for the summer. I'm going to go and move in with with a young fella who I've got a lot in common with." And who, who I feel is going to be my, my uh, you know, a player mentor at the club. Yeah, and, and the younger players need that, especially the the Aboriginal boys. They, they seem to take a bit longer to sort of settle into um, white man society or civilisation. And blokes like um, Harley Bunnell really struggled, and it wasn't yeah. until he had Carmichael Hunt take him in, put, have him under his wing, that he sort of found the place, really started to blossom. And that all went downhill uh, further on. You know, Carmichael Hunt may not have given him some some of the best advice. I don't want to go into that. No. But um, 
though, though since Hunt left the club, Bennell followed shortly after and everything just sort of went downhill for those boys. But the, the point is to have uh, a strong network around Rankin, help him survive being away from family and friends. Mm. And, you know, they'll blossom into the best potential footballer they can be. Um, That's it, and and they they you know he's saying he loves the beaches and and all that. He's he's he hasn't learnt to surf yet, but he's it's on his list. You know these these are the these are the kinds of stories that are it's great to get out there because only a few months ago we were reading stuff about players who you know allegedly players have told their agents that they don't want to go to the Suns and they don't want to live on the Gold Coast and all this crap. But you know every story like this that comes out. They're seeing this kind of thing, and, and you and I see it, and, and locals see it because you know we read the local news, and we and we, we even see these these players, you know, in in the community. But the rest of the AFL world just thinks of the the Gold Coast as as a as a you know sleazy glitter strip where players come for a few years and then they leave. But it's it's actually not true. We, no, we, and that, um, that's the, the unfortunate tag that Gold Coast City as a whole carries. It carries as being a you know a party town uh, mm. with all the surface and the schoolies commotions and events that have happened in the past. But only the locals really know what the Gold Coast is about. It's more than just that. Most locals hardly ever go into Surface Paradise. They've got yeah. other spots scattered around the place. Um, Southport, at Broadbeach, down at Chugan. There, there's different spots for all the locals. And once the boys spend some time up here, get to know people around, they find all these spots. And then they can grow to love it and, and understand it a lot better than you know, something that's in Melbourne or, or Sydney. Um, that's that's exactly right. And, you know, there, there, there are there, there is a pattern of Victorian players wanting to go home to Victoria and Western Australian players wanting to go home to Western Australia, but there isn't a pattern of South Australian players wanting to go back to South Australia. They love it on the Gold Coast. There's been 15 or so in the history of the Suns. There's even been players who, who get come from South Australia get delisted by the Suns, and then they sign up for Southport <laughs> and stay on the Gold Coast. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, so, even Matty Shaw moved back to the Gold Coast this off-season. So, you know, his AFL career is over, but he, he loves the Gold Coast. Good on him. Yeah, well, his stint at Carlton didn't work out. So, at least he's back on the Gold Coast. He he did love a surf, old Matty Shaw. So, he's yeah, doing what he, he loves. Looked, he looked the part. He looked the part. He... Uh, Bit of a Warwick Kappa lookalike, actually. He looked, he looked like he deserved to be on the Gold Coast, so good on him. He'll probably win a couple of premierships with Southport. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the T-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. Well, someone else that deserves to be on the Gold Coast is potential captain David Swallow. He's signed on for five years, and since we wrote this episode, Jared Witt's signed on for five years as well. We're getting more and more players commit to the club, and the other potential captains have also committed to the club in recent days. 
with Tuke Miller and Lockie Weller both demanding, you know, they want to be at this club. Um, it's really thrown up a debate for the club captaincy. And we had a poll a couple of weeks ago as to who should be captain for the club. It was overwhelming favourites for David Swallow. Uh, mm. But there are just so many factors here. There may not be a single captain. We don't know what Stuart Jew's preference is for that. We had co-captains last year, but he just mm. kept a... Um, kept an ongoing theme that was in place before he came to the club. So he may turn around and say, no, we're only having one. Otherwise, there may be enough uh, leadership to share around at the club that they feel they need multiple captains. Uh, I mean, there's even been history of three captains, I think, at one point. Was that Brisbane during the, the Lions era? <laughs> no, they, they, they had was five. Sydney? They had five, <laughs> no, Brisbane they? had five, yeah. Set the record. Um, different clubs have tried different things. St Kilda tried having a different ca- captain every year. Go right back, and and you've got uh, uh, clubs. Well, you know, Michael Voss was made captain when he was very young, uh, but he but they made him a co-captain with Alistair Lynch. So he, you know, and by the time Lynch retired. Voss was ready to take over the captaincy on his own. It's when Voss retired that they had the five captains because how do you replace a legendary captain like that? So we don't have those problems. We, we Look, I won't mention their names, uh, but, but Ede made the co-captain situation because those were two players who were in danger of, 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 of leaving the club and they left the club anyway, even though they were given a whole lot of inducements to stay. So, you know... The, the, the captain this time around will be the one that the players want. And um, I'm going to throw another name in the mix here because I'm going to say that whoever gets picked as captain this time around in in three or four years will be talking about Jack Bowes for, for, for captaincy. I, I'd be surprised if he's left out of the leadership group this year. Yeah, there has been an article floating around just how how vocal he's been and how he's standing up and making this club his own. He's one of our first, I wouldn't call it a father-son prospect, it wasn't, but it, he's one of our first real academy talented players we've had coming through the system. Yeah, we had our initial buy-in of under-17s. Uh, Rory Thompson was a Gold Coaster, I think, that stuck around. Yeah. But well, Rory Thompson's father played premierships for Southport, Southport so... Yeah. So, so he's he's kind of like a father son in that in that regard, foundation player, and and he, and given that Southport are uh, patron sponsors of the Suns, so you know. But there is no uh, there is no father son arrangement in place. No, uh, no. In, and... in other in other states there there used to be um, the father son thing for the Sandful and the Waffle, but they had to play like three hundred games. Bryce Gibbs' father. Uh, came a game or two short of, of getting the games total um, for the Sandful because uh, they, they didn't count certain games or this and that and whatever. But he ended up at Adelaide. So <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, no, Jack Bowes, he'll he'll go down as being that, that first real success story of the academy. Um, you know, I mean, he's, he's on track to, to, to play 200-plus games. So, you know. That's yeah, why I say he's a, he's a future the, leader. The, cl- the club has had an eye on Jack Bowes for several years before he was even drafted. I know... Oh, yeah. I, I've got connections in the Neekle that monitor all the Neekle games, and 
my connections were gushing over how talented Jack Bowes was a year before he was even drafted. So, you know, he's got so much talent to burn, and if he can just put it all together, he'll be a superstar for the club. And best of all, he'll be a Queenslander. So that's right. That's right. Back, and back to well, the, ca- the other the other thing the other thing about him is that he he's one of those guys who's who's really filled out over the off season, and and he's still running better times than ever. So not only is he bulked up, but but he's actually improved his 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 fitness. So you know the sky's the limit. They're they're talking um, midfield. Bose. Yeah, and, and that, that's he's his, been that's he's been showing flashes in there. That's his best position. Yeah, yeah. but Bose isn't likely to be captain this year. He no. he's a very good chance of being in the leadership group if he isn't already. But the blokes we're looking at for captaincy is David Swallow, Tuke Miller, Lockie Weller, Jared Witts, and you could throw in Jared Harbrow and Pierce Handley into that mix as well. So there's a lot of different. Mm. Uh, different connections there, a lot of different types of players, different types of leaders, and different age groups as well. Now, yeah. the safe the safe bet is to go for someone like uh, Pierce Hanley or Jared Harbrow, but I feel like they're... Well, in Pierce Hanley's case, he's hasn't had enough consistency on field to be elevated to that position, so he's probably better as a silent type of leader behind the captain. Um, and Jared Harbrow, I think he does his best thing. He's already a leader. I don't yeah. think he, he needs to stand up and be vocal. I think he just leads from behind the scenes again. So, well, we know that we know that he's actually a, a mentor to the Indigenous kids, not just in the senior list, but right through the the, the academy as well. Um, so he already plays the the, the off field leadership role. And he leads by example on the field. So you don't need to give him any special title. He's already the senior player in, in the team. Michatelli's another one who you don't need to give him a title. Um, whether or not he plays AFL really remains to be seen, um, given his 2018 form wasn't spectacular. And there are, we've got better players at the position. And... and, and you know, playing in the back line isn't his natural game. So, you know, that's that's uh, that's another one where, you know, you can write his name off. Uh, we haven't mentioned Sam Day, but I think what you said about Hanley probably applies to Day, doesn't it? He, he, has, he just hasn't consistently been on the field. And, you know, we don't know the future of those two guys beyond the end of this year. All right, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of the club captaincy. Swallow, Miller, Weller and Wits. Well, Wits has been captain for a game last year. Yep. Um, Swallow's been captain a few times um, it, when, when uh, you know, other players. Um, Richard Telly's put together a, quite a few games as captain, but we, we, we can say he's not going to get there. Um, is Miller guaranteed first 22 for, for the whole season, or is he going to be facing a bit of depth at the position and should he be in the leadership group but concentrating on getting his own game better and someone like Swallow or Wits or both of them take on the top job because, you know, they're, they're hitting their peak? It really depends uh, what role Miller is playing. He's played a lot of roles in the past, 
and mm. he he seemed to earn his name last year as a tagger. Prior to that, yeah. it was a sort of midfielder forward, and then prior mm. to that, in his debut year, it was a pure midfielder. Um, and his opportunities have come when he's really when the club has been under duress. So yeah, that year that he came in straight into the midfield blew everyone away. We were running mm. really low on midfielders. We'd lost a lot of key players. Mm. Um, he sort of pulled back a bit when he was thrown forward. He just didn't have too much of an impact. But then again, this year, he really came out as a hard-tagging midfielder. Did a great, great job on a lot of star players. Blokes like Dane Zorko, we all know. Um, he, Miller really took these blokes to task and I think if he's playing that midfield tagging role, I think he's got a job in the in the best 22. Yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree with you. Um, what I will say about about Miller, or any player, uh, but Miller in particular, um, in 2017, he played the whole the whole season. He played injured, uh, but it wasn't the type of injury that would keep you out of playing. He just he was he had to play through it, and it was a foot injury. So he. He got a bad reputation for his second year, and then he came back. I thought he was really good this past year, but I, I don't think we've seen his his top gear. I think there's there's something else to see, and what what I believe we'll see is is yet another side to him, because he, he you know he he he's basically pl- sort of developed this this brand of footy where no one else is going to do it for him, so he's got to do it himself, and he's sort of you know, create opportunities. And that's all great. And he's as tough as nails. But wouldn't it be great if we could use his speed and we had we had inside mids who were feeding it to Miller and then he could just take off and, and get an inside 50, you know? That, that's the uh, same way uh, David Swallow plays. So, yeah, he, it's, it's a really tough decision. Weller stands out as being that flashy type of player. He doesn't do a lot of the grunt work. He... He's more likely to be given the ball and then do something great with it. And then mm. Wits is, uh, again, he's a very silent sort of pl- cat player. He he does stand out because of his height and, you know, you basically only notice him in the ruck work. But he he still has that presence on the field. I think yeah. I think you could rule out Lockie Weller. I could, I think, I think he's just not there yet. Uh, no. He has only been at the club for a year, so yeah. I, I think he's definitely going to be in the leadership group. I just don't believe he's the number one leader at the moment. Uh, no, so... he'll be he'll be like a social leader. You know, he he's the one who has has everyone around for dinner or a barbie, and you know he he's he's one who he's very popular. He's very very likable. Um, the you know the the he he. He has wanted to be a son, you know. He he has been part of the culture change, where where players are putting their hand up, like Jez McLennan. You know, he, he wasn't the first guy to put his hand up and say, "I want to be a son." It was actually, you know, Lockie Weller a year earlier. So, you know, we're 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 getting that from Weller. We don't we don't need him to be tossing the coin. You yeah, know? He, he's we're, more of a spiritual leader. So yeah. I, I guess we're looking at a David Swallow or a Tuuk Miller or Jared Witts. I'd like to see a traditional captain, one captain, David Swallow, and a vice captain, 
Jared uh, Witt, and then a deputy vice captain, just in case one of the top, the other two gets injured or whatever, in, in Turk Miller. Um, but we we know we know from um, you know probably the last sort of dozen seasons. I think Geelong was pretty much the pioneer. Um, the leadership group is usually seven or eight players. So you know we, we will see Willer, and we will see young guys like Fiorini, and 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 um, and maybe even Bose. And we'll see a couple of the older guys like Harbrow and Hanley in the, in that leadership group as well. I'm, I'm thinking, um, you know, and that's really what's going to be driving the team with leaders on every line. Righto. Well, I think Jared Witts is my preferred favourite for captain. He's got the yeah. the age responsibility. He's committed to the club, and he, he's done it in the past. Um, but. <laughs> I, I can't go past... I don't know what the hell that was. But I can't go past um, Tuke Miller. Tuke Miller as captain, he's... I recently came across the Tuke Talk uh, shows. They actually had that on Spotify. So I was listening back on Spotify to all of the Tuke Talk episodes and he just speaks so well. He He talks really well, asks good questions and... He seems to have that good rapport with those he's talking to at the club. So you, you get a strong sense as to why he he's right in the frame for captaincy. And David Swallow, I think he... I think... I don't know David personally, but I have heard from those around him that he's got a lot on his plate at the moment with his first child, uh, his wife, and the business that they've opened up together. So it feels like putting the captaincy pressure on David might be a bit too much. He might just be happy with what he's got and want to contribute behind the scenes and not be so public in front of everyone. And that might be something that someone like Tuke Miller stands up in. You can't rule out co-captaincy, someone like a, a Tuke Miller-David Swallow or Tuke Miller-Jared Witts combo. You can't rule something like that out. I think that would be a good move. But... I think there is something to say with a single solo captain. It just sends a message of power, even if it is someone younger like Tuke Miller. And I think that's a really strong position that the club can put themselves in by naming a single captain. My bet would be Wits, but he is a favourite of mine. Being a, a tall person myself, I do do seem to gravitate towards those that are above two metres in height. Um, so, yeah, that's my take. But let's move on to the to your take now, Tom. Uh, the final list spot. And you were talking about earlier how the club should really take Dirk Conan with that final list spot. How do you feel about that still? Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you said, the, the you know, it uh, should be sponsored by Kleenex for, for, for being upset about Maisie. Well, I'm actually more upset about Conan because Conan is like the you know to me is the eventual may replacement um you know he's what what you know what isn't there to say about him he he um he's queenslander he has been the favorite you know of all of the academy players for the for the past sort of 12 months where he overtook caleb graham as his favorite to to get to get listed and the suns have got actually three list spots left um that because they got the two list two, two spot extension from from the AFL which they're not using, so 
you know, we're just talking about the one list spot for now. And yes, they're, they're talking about the need for, for, for Ruckman and, and all this kind of stuff. But I don't buy it. There, there's quite, there's like five Ruckman that we can use. You know, if, 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 if Wits goes down, Nichols comes in. We've got Peter Wright, who's in the first 22 anyway, chopping out. We've got Sam Day, who's likely to be in the first 22 as well. So we'll have three Ruckman on the field. Um, you've got guys like um, Crossley, who'll be playing Neefel and be ready ready to step up, and we know that he can perform at that level. And you've even got um, Jack Leslie, who was, was drafted as a, an undersized Ruckman and uh, chopped out a couple of games in just in 2018. Um, so, you know, we, we've got five Ruckman, so I don't believe that, that Conan was left out for that. There, there may be some underlying reason... Um, who knows? But the guy, the guy just the guy turned nineteen on the first of January, and so he, you know, his draft year should have been the year before. He missed out by a day, and now he's going to be two years behind all the guys he's come through with. And I, I really hope they they, they they elevate him to the senior list some stage in the in twenty nineteen season, which they still can. So we we know that there are these new preseason and mid season drafts. So at any stage, they can stick him on as a Category B rookie. Um, Dirk Conan is still with the club. He's been named in the under-19 squad. Um, you know, so look, I, I, I really, I really felt for him. The guy went to the, to the, to the AFL draft combine. You know, that there were four teams who wanted to have a close look at him. Don't know what happened. Don't know what went wrong. Um, if, if we lose. The talent of a guy like this, because now any any club, there's 17 clubs who can, if they get an injury to a to a key defender or something, they can they can they can get him. They can come get him. We don't have any ownership over him. Yeah, it's a tough situation. He is one of those players that missed out in the draft, and we do have other 19 year old players that have missed out in the draft in the under 19 academy. You had some news about that. Do you want to elaborate about those players? Yeah, a couple of things there. So, yeah, there were nine. Every year we have nine players in our under 19s, and they're basically guys who, uh, you know, went around in the, in, in the academy in the NEFL. Um A few of them played uh, national championships. So, you know, they're, they're, they're good players, and we keep them for that extra year, just in case, you know, they had niggling injuries or whatever. So guys like uh, Lockie McDonald or little uh, little Fitzroy Greenwall was, you know, such an exciting little little forward, but he's just a little bit too small, you know. Um, guys like Ryan Gilmore and Matt Conroy, who who played, played national championships. So um, they'll go around again. They can play NEFL, obviously, um, and they can also play for the under-18s team. And that this is the news that's come through today. Um, the uh, the under-18s Suns Academy usually plays against the other NEFL academies as well as the Northern Territory and Tasmania. Um, now, what's happening this year is there's a bit of a change. The, the, the AFL's mixing it up. And so instead of Instead of playing those teams that I just mentioned, we're actually going to be playing. Well, we will have an academy uh, Q clash. There will be a game against against Brisbane, and we will play the Northern Territory, which is really good because um, the, the, the Northern Territory sent a few of their young academy players to come and train with us. So 
um, you know, there, there's potentially some some players there that we could be looking at drafting in the future, um, you know, who, who will want to come to us. Um, and then we play three games against Victorian under-18 teams. So the TAC Cup, it isn't what I thought it was. I thought we were actually going to be joining the TAC Cup. Uh, we will be playing three games against those Victorian teams, um, and and our and, and our boys will be travelling down to Victoria to play those games. Um, there will be some games that locals can go and go and watch. I think there might even be a triple header at Metricon with with the uh, the academy and then the NEFL and then the main the main seniors game. So uh, that'll be a bit of a carnival of footy. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's um it's good because you know. It means that these guys coming through, like um, Connor Badaric and... ...for their generous donations. We've hit our first Patreon target of $50 per month, which covers our live fees for us to go live. Our next target is $125 per month, which will go towards a mixing desk and open up the ability for us to take live calls. And our third target is $200 per month, which if we reach that, well, it basically shows the support we're getting from the community. And we'll look at bringing in two episodes per week during the season as that would enable, um, you know, a, a review show at this, after every game and a preview show before the next game begins. So just go check us out on patreon.com forward slash Sunscast. We're also on facebook.com forward slash GC Sunscast and you can search GC Sunscast on YouTube to find older episodes or check us out on spreaker.com forward slash user forward slash GC Sunscast to see our, our live profile. Uh, every week when we have an episode, you can check out the link on Facebook or over at Spreaker and talk to us live in the chat room. But that's it for this week. I'd like to thank you guys for listening. If it turns out well, we'll... We look forward to hearing from you. Go Suns! If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot.